0: The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of Genesis, beginning in chapter 22 at verse one. It is written. After all this, God tested Abram. God said, Abram. Yes, answered Abram, I'm listening. He said, take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll point out to you. And Abram got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He took two of his young servants and his son Isaac. He had split wood for the burnt offering, and he set out for the place God had directed him. On the third day, he looked up and saw the place in the distance. And Abram told his two young servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going over there to worship and then we'll come back to you. And Abram took the wood for the burnt offering and gave it to Isaac, his son to carry. And he carried the flint and the knife. And the two of them went off together. And Isaac said to Abram, his father, father, yes, my son. We have flint and wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? And Abram said, Son, God will see to it that there's a sheep for the burnt offering. And they kept on walking together. And they arrived at the place to which God had directed him, and Abram built an altar. He laid out the wood, and then he tied up Isaac and laid him on the And Abram reached out and took the knife to kill his son. But just then, an angel of God called out to him out of heaven. Abram, Abram, yes, I'm listening. Don't lay a hand on that boy. Don't touch him. Now I know how fearlessly you fear God. You didn't hesitate to place your son, your dear son, on the altar for me. And Abram looked up, and he saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. And Abram took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abram named that place god Yireh, God sees to it. And that's where we get the saying on the mountain of God, God sees to it. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray with me, please. Teach us, O oh God, to set the face with determination and just do what we are to do. Remove the but first let me words that jump to our lips. Let us hear the now in your call to follow through and encourage us to overcome the weakness that turns us away from your plans for us. Lead us toward keeping our promise to follow you wherever you may go. Amen. The story of the sacrifice of Isaac to me is a terrifying story. In fact, I think it's one of the most disturbing stories in the entire Bible. God commands his servant Abram to go to the land of Moriah and there to offer his son Isaac as a human sacrifice. Now the story raises some thorny questions. Why does God test Abram in this way? Why does God submit him to this violent, heart-wrenching experience? Why does Abram simply obey God without questioning God? Why does he not, like Job or Moses, for example, argue with God? It's a rather disturbing father-child story this father's day. At the outset, let us take notice. Isaac, my friends, is much, much more than an only child. Isaac is hope, hope wrapped up in human flesh. All the promises of God to Abram were riding on Isaac. Remember the story? God dropped in on Sarah and Abram to tell them that their offspring would be as many as the sands of the sea, that they would give birth to nations. Well, they laughed, for they could not think that they could truly conceive when they were both pushing 90 years old. And then Isaac was born. A miracle child, God did to them. And through Isaac, there would be many descendants. David Buttrick tells the story of an American playwright whose Jewish parents scrimped and saved to give him everything. They bought him new clothes three times a year, bundled him off to private schools, paid for his college education. Everything we've got is wrapped up in you, boy, his mother used to say. Everything we've got is wrapped up in you. You know how easy it is for us to focus our hopes. God gives us a great land to live in, and before you know it, we're chanting, Everything we've got is wrapped up in you, America. We're a community that inspires our pride. Everything we've got is wrapped up in you, Braxville, Broadview Heights, Parma, Cleveland. Listen to me today Isaac was much more than an only child. Isaac embodied the promises of God. Everything we've got is wrapped up in you, boy. Isaac was hope. All the hope in the world. So what happened? Well, God came around Abram one day and spoke. Kill him off. Take your only child kill him. And we hear the words and we don't quite know what to make of them. We've always talked of God as love, schmoozy love, spelled loo. So the hard words really shake us. Kill them all, said God. And suddenly, folks, life is not what we thought it was. A comfortable place where we can call God occasionally on the telephone, when we've come to know His prayer and spill out our souls. No, instead, we're stuck with a stony place. A knife blade flashing. A funeral altar. Yes, God gives good gifts, but God takes away. God may well be good, but God spoke a terrible word to Abram. And Abram stood staring at his child, Isaac, and God said, kill him. Kill him off, God spoke. And then of all things, Abram obeyed. Abram did as he was told, he obeyed. It's easy to obey God when it requires a little sacrifice on our part. It's easy to obey God in matters that do not really test us.
1: Perhaps what God wants to
0: know is just how we'll fare when the going gets really tough. How will we perform when God truly asks something difficult, perhaps even impossible of us? So flat-eyed and grim, Abram led his son up the hill, all the time, muttering, God will provide. God will provide. And Abram, like a loving father, carries the dangerous stuff, the fire and the night. And when Isaac speaks to his father, Abram responds with the word, here I am, my son. It's the same word he uses when he speaks to God. You see, Abram is not only at God's disposal, he's also at the disposal of his son. And then when Isaac asks about the sacrifice, Abram shields him from the dreadful knowledge of what is about to happen. By simply saying, God himself will provide a land for And what makes Abram's obedience remarkable is that he is called to give up the one thing that is the dearest to him. And I ask you how we would respond if God were to ask us to give up our greatest treasure for service in God's kingdom. You know, for most of us, religion is rather easygoing liberal persuasion, something that's even passable sometimes at work, you can talk about religion in the lunchroom. And then we flip a page in our Bibles and we stumble on a wild-eyed Abram, ready to kill his son, and we're embarrassed. Because, you see, we're a moderate people. We calculate our charities, we confess our minimal sins, we schedule an hour for worship, and Bible study every week and we run for our lives at anything in excess. But we see in Abram a radical blind obedience. God commanded and Abram was bent on doing God's will, even if it meant slaughtering his only hope. So Abram went up the hill to kill Isaac. Now hear the sound of knife-on-stone, see Abram's arms poised to strike, and then suddenly Abram caught sight of the trapped lamb, God will provide, he cried triumphantly. And in that very instant, God set Abram free for faith. Now the Bible calls the story a test, but I believe that word is far too tame. Because high on that hill, God set Abram free. Blind obedience was transformed into faith. Because you see, it's all too easy to pin all of our hopes on some gift from God and forget all about the giver. So suddenly we turn God's gifts into idols. We've all been gifted with different gifts and graces, yet we congregate in groups of people who are most like us. And then we tend to shut the doors, roll up the welcome mat, and become defined as the people of God by the group we have created. Then we know what it means to say, everything we've got is wrapped up in you. Back in the late 1960s, a liberal Catholic journal announced gleefully God can get along without the Latin mass, to which a reader replied, well, maybe God can, but we can't. (laughs) Or perhaps God draws us to faith through the appeal of a masculine church. Before you know it, we're protecting the pronouns and the two-legged vestments. Is there any idolatry, like religious idolatry, no wonder God speaks and shatters our souls, kill it all. God takes away all of our false loves. So high on the hill, God called up Abram and Isaac and their amazing grace. God set Abram free, free for faith. I don't need to tell you, especially after the events of this past week, that as we meet together this morning, there are many people in this world in pain. The nationalistic spirit in our country is running very high, and it is increasingly volatile. Violence still permeates our world, and people look for ever more devastating ways to strike out at each other. It is easy to look at all of this and to decide that there is just nothing that we can do about it. Yet folks, I tell you this morning, real change begins in our own lives. So today, let us all make a commitment to eliminate the violence from our own lives. Examine our language, our prejudice, our attitudes, and ask God to set us free. For you see, our service to God is really limited. Hedged in by the never-ceasing movement of time, sands passing through the hourglass, all too soon, our tools, our talents, our gifts, our graces, our garments of love and life will gather the dust of eternity. So let's look to the example of tremendous persons of faith. In our own lives, when all the odds are stacked up against us and God, when it is most difficult, most impossible, when it seems the most ludicrous to understand God, God will prove faithful. We will all be set free. Praise God. Amen.